0: Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Travel Safely, the business talk show bringing you the latest in innovation from transportation technology and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Brian Mulligan, coming to you from the Subaru Business Radio X Studio in Gwinnett, Georgia. This show is sponsored by Applied Information, a technology company here in Gwinnett, focused on using technology to save lives and improve traffic, uh, based here in Gwinnett. Safety is a major question in the transportation industry. 40,000 people in the United States die on the roads each year, and we waste millions of dollars in congestion. Something has to be done and we at uh, Travel Safely are trying to address these problems in a new way. Our guest today is Charlotte Nash, who's the chair of the Gwinnett County Commission here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome Charlotte.
0: Good morning Brian, I'm glad to be here.
1: Ah, thank you so much for joining us. Our topic for the day is this daily commute of hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people here in Gwinnett coming in through uh, and out of one of the largest suburban c- uh, counties in the nation. How to accommodate the growth and improve safety and mobility in general. So, uh, Charlotte, I know you've got a busy time with this referendum coming up. But before we get into the specifics of uh, transit in in Gwinnett, tell us the Charlotte Nash story. How did you... You've been active in government for, for all these years. How did you... How did you end up being the chair of the Gwinnett County Commission?
0: Well, uh, I, I am a native of Gwinnett County. I still live in the same community my my uh, father's family came to in the 1820s, very oh, deeply wow. rooted in Gwinnett County. Uh, I worked as an employee for Gwinnett County for almost 28 years, retired, went away and was doing consulting and enjoying myself traveling. And then uh, the individual who was commission chair before me resigned in the middle of his term and as my husband put it, I lost my mind and decided to run for elected office. And uh, here I am, uh, eight years later, still serving as chair of the commission.
1: Oh, fa- fantastic. It's You know, it's, uh, it's quite nice to be able to uh, have this conversation with elected officials mm-hmm. because uh, – we're in the technology transportation space, as, as you know, and uh, sometimes we think that our message falls on deaf ears with elected <laughs> o- o- officials. So, so talk to us a little bit about where you see mobility and roadway and transportation fitting into the priorities for Gwinnett.
0: Well, certainly, uh, for most people on in their day-to-day lives, transportation and uh, the difficulty they have traveling. Uh, within Gwinnett County and across the entire metro area is one of the most important issues it comes up in every discussion practically with when people talk about things they'd like to see different about the community Uh, so it from from a both a short-term and a long-term perspective it is one of the top priorities for Gwinnett County right there with public safety and and as you've already mentioned, it has, a, it has an impact on that as
1: well when we have uh, trouble with congestion. All right. Um, yeah, the, the business of what to do about the traffic <laughs> is just a vexatious problem that's uh, been practically unsolvable. As we've had growth and we all love economic mm-hmm. growth, more and more people need to travel. And this congestion problem has just proven to be a difficult problem. Uh, we're obviously on the technology side. We, we're doing our bit to try mm. and uh, motivate change using technology. But uh, there's a big day coming up for you guys and us in Gwinnett <laughs> on March, right. March mm-hmm. the 19. Voters uh, will go to the polls to cast ballots on whether... To bolster transportation with transit, talk to us a little bit about this uh, this transit referendum and what it means.
0: Well, we uh, we certainly are facing. Uh, we already have an, such an issue with uh, with mobility and congestion, uh, and the need to provide additional options for travel to uh, the residents of Gwinnett County. Uh, faced with the prospect of another half million people headed our way in the next twenty to twenty five oh, wow. years. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I think every single person that moves to Gwinnett brings three cars with them. <laughs> and Definitely. I'm, not, I'm not sure how they do it, but I believe that they managed to have all three on the road at the same yeah. time. Uh, but another half million people headed this way. Uh, the expansion of the port at Savannah means that a lot more freight movements are headed towards Gwinnett as well. Uh, that's all great from an economic Uh, standpoint, but it does make the the challenge that we have in in the mobility area even greater. Uh, As we have looked at this uh, issue over the last three years or so, we finally sorted out in our minds that we had to offer additional transit options as one of the approaches to trying to provide options for people in terms of how they travel through the county. Uh, And we worked with the community, uh, had a great engineering firm that worked with us from the technical analysis standpoint, and put together Connect Gwinnett, which is our transit development plan. Okay. That's the basis for uh, what we're proposing to do uh, if the referendum passes.
1: Right. Well, I mean, let's just – I'm a numbers guy, so um – as you, there are roughly eight hundred thousand people in Gwinnett right now. Is More that like nine hundred and fifty
0: thousand. Nine hundred and fifty
1: thousand. <laughs> but nonetheless, when you add another half a million, we're talking about adding fifty percent. That that's clo- close
0: to it. And Gwinnett, at that point in time, will be the largest county in the state of Georgia. We are projected to exceed the population of Fulton County, which of course is the only other uh, only county larger than Gwinnett now. Uh, and the counties to our east and south and north are going to continue to grow, too. And, and all the tags on our roads are not Gwinnett. There are lots of other folks tra- trying to travel through Gwinnett.
1: Right. And the way I, I think about these, I'm kind of a simple guy when it comes to the math. So we're going to add 50 percent more people. Yes. And if, the, you know, one says, well, conservatively, that's going to add 50 percent more cars. But what we know is if we add 10 percent more cars... We've got to have complete gridlock. In certain areas, there's no
0: doubt about that. Uh, And and I would argue that we're about at gridlock at certain times of the day. Uh, Down the I-85 corridor, for example, uh, it's uh, uh, miserable travel conditions for the people that have to do that on a daily basis.
1: Right, So and so the way I, I, I see it, and we're, as you, you, as you know, in the technology space, so what our technology d- does is helps transit mm-hmm. work better by getting it green lights at yes. traffic intersections yes. and all of that kind of stuff, and all of that will follow. Uh, in due course, but that's but the main focus is getting people out of single occupancy vehicles. That's right, and getting them into multi occupancy vehicles. That's right. Uh, uh, there's a,
0: a statistic that is used by uh, related to the express buses that travel in the uh, Peach Pass lane, uh, while they they represent only about three percent of the vehicles in that that lane. During rush hour, they they actually carry between twenty five and thirty percent of the people traveling. That's that's a great visual, uh, a great example of what we're talking about. What we can do to uh, make the most of the capacity in the roadways now, and technology is certainly a part of that.
1: Right, and so it would seem to seem to me that the choices that we're facing, and I do understand uh, that that there's a that the, the Gwinnett can't advocate for a referendum as public officials, you can just present the facts. Yes, sir. But, but I'm an interpreter, so, <laughs> I, so I see things in simple terms. Your choices are to either drive transit through choice. We vote yes in the referendum, which we as a company are advocating for. Yes. Uh, you then deploy transit. You make the transit work better. Encourage people to ride transit and and everybody wins because there are fewer vehicles on the road. The alternative is you vote no in the referendum. We do nothing about transit. We make li- everybody's lives miserable by being stuck continuously in traffic as this growth comes to us, and then we do transit uh, because it's really the only thing to do. And the longer we put it
0: off, the, the harder it is to do and the more expensive it's going to be because the cost of, of this type of of, uh, capital improvement, uh, only grows with time. Uh, it, um, it, it, it's, it, it, Gwinnett County is a big county and there's 437 square miles, but we, the plan, the transit plan actually has, uh, matched up different modes of transit to, uh, the different areas of the county based more or less on density of population and jobs. So, uh, the far eastern part of the county where I live, uh, There'll probably be flex service and also an express route uh at along the 316 corridor where there'll be bus rapid transit and uh, even a rail extension in the more western part of the county so we have tried to be very uh deliberate in the way we uh, look at how to use the dollars in the best way to provide as much service to the entire county as possible Uh, and you talked about technology one of the important aspects of technology is is helping buses travel as as well as they possibly can so even buses that are traveling in mixed traffic we're looking at having uh ways for them to jump the queue at intersections and that sort of thing so uh technology is definitely uh part of the game plan as
1: we move forward with transit One of the things that we know, and I'm sure um, I know this is a radio (laughs) show, but nonetheless, I've got a visual aid. I'm just holding (laughs) up my smartphone, and what it is is that uh, you know this smartphone is only this whole technology is only 11 years old. Yes, and so we see that how it's transformed our lives. So one of the things that we know is it's a
0: permanent attachment to people.
1: (laughs) Absolutely right, both in their cars as well as uh, as in their daily lives. And one of the things that we know that the pace of change of technology. Is just huge, and one of the things I like about uh, some of your d- the transit plan with the flex or, or flexibility of mm-hmm. bus rapid transit uh, and, and and so forth is the ability to be able to adapt using technology. That if the if these half a million people choose to settle on the east side of the <laughs> the county, one has the ability to be flexible and, and to adapt.
0: Well, certainly in anything that you're talking about a, a, a long-term proposition like transit is. Things are going to change across time, so we had better build some flexibility into it to be able to respond to both changes in the community and advances in technology that affect transportation.
1: Right, so the only one thing that we're sure of is we can't build our way out of this with concrete and asphalt.
0: Not, not by itself. Now, I, yeah. I don't want anybody to think that we are suggesting we're not going to continue yeah. to do road improvements. Oh, yes. They're there's still very important, but we can't do just road improvements. We have to, to look at the transit improvements as well.
1: One of the things that we talk about uh, in, in transportation is the the last mile. How do you get people from their homes? Yes, yes. To, to the transit point point, or th- and there's micro-mobility, micro-transit and things. But there's also these things called scooters that are oh, co- yes. <laughs> coming at a. Are scooters coming to Gwinnett? How, how are you looking uh, at this change? We,
0: we have actually had a few of them, uh, I I'd suppose, ridden out from from uh, parts of Atlanta and and left. So we're still grappling with it. Uh, with a county as large as Gwinnett is, it's... Uh, uh, I think it's our, our cities likely are where there there's gonna be uh the scooter issue initially, but we're watching very carefully to see what other communities are doing to to uh manage that, that particular aspect uh it can be a challenge to to traffic movement but it also is a way for people to get around differently too
1: yeah it's it's interesting that that it's one of the things is that you know welcome to the big the great american way (laughs) which is that you know that you know a year or two ago we were all talking about bike share and Mm -hmm. bicycles Mm -hmm. and things like that and then just one day Scooters came along. Yes. And it was a case of some entrepreneur somewhere with this mm-hmm. connected mm-hmm. world of apps and so forth saying, oh, micro mobility is a thing. Let's uh, see whether people like it. And one of the things that young folks in the cities, they really seem to like it because these scooters are everywhere.
0: They, they certainly are. I was in San Diego last year and I think there were probably more scooters on the streets than there were cars. Uh,
1: uh, very, uh, very, uh, very prevalent there. And, and and again, that that's always the the the, the interesting um, problem between local authorities mm-hmm. and the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. sector. Now I'm, I'm not I, I'm on the entrepreneurial side, you see. So so I, I believe in change and believe in the in the ability for businesses to affect change just by coming up with better ideas. But on the other hand, you've got the local authority says, well, these are our roads and our communities. We need to regulate uh, scooters. So that. So this must present some challenges in your commission meetings as just to how heavy a hand you should deal with regulation.
0: Well, and, and it, it, the scooters are a great example of it. That That's a constant uh, battle uh, within a local government is to find the right balance between doing what you really need to do to help the safety and uh, of the entire community, but not being so heavy-handed that you squash uh, good ideas uh, in the formation of those Uh we constantly uh, work at that to try to make sure that we are not just automatically as a, neat, uh, uh, a reflexive action <laughs> saying, no, no, no change, no change. Yeah, uh,
1: which, 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 which is a, definitely a challenge in local authorities. After the break, we'll look at uh, regional transportation issues and what lies in store for residents as a result of the ATL. So on that note, here's 30 seconds with Sarah. <laughs>
0: This is your 30 seconds or less with Sarah. Early voting starts now and until March 19th for the approval of MARTA in Gwinnett County. The referendum would approve a pending contract between the two agencies and enact a new 1% sales tax. By approving this referendum, county residents would expand transit options exclusively for the benefit of Gwinnett, somewhere in the realm of billions of dollars. Potential projects include a heavy rail extension from the Dorville station, bus maintenance and an extension, and a new bus rapid transit line. Considering that Gwinnett is poised to grow more than 50% in the next few years, some state that a transit bill is necessary sooner rather than later. Back to you, Brian.
1: In case you're just joining us, this is Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan, How to Save Lives and Improve Traffic, uh, with our guest, Gwinnett County Commission Chair Charlotte Nash. Charlotte, you were instrumental along with Senator Brandon Beach and Representative Kenneth Tanner in bringing some cohesion to Metro Atlanta's hodgepodge of transit systems uh, with the ATL. Tell us about the ATL and what it means for, for the Metro and for the planning of transit in the future.
0: Of course, and and I, I had a very small part. Uh, Representative Tanner and, and Senator Beach certainly were the the leads on this uh but i was glad to be able to lend a little bit of of push at the local level Uh, i'm really excited about the prospect that the atl brings to uh, a 13 county region that it has uh, responsibility for uh, not to supersede local decision making but rather to help make sure that uh, what's done on transit within that 13-county region makes sense, that it's uh, a cohesive uh, uh, approach to providing transit services to the traveling public, that, you know, it doesn't <coughs> – an individual can, can plan a trip and, and make that trip without having to worry which transit provider, that it all makes sense and they have access to good information for all of the systems that exist.
1: All right. So uh, we, we, how, where we're we up to with the ATL, and and when we're we going to see some changing? I know I know, I know that there's been uh, the the board is put in place. Where we're we up to in this process? Well, of course, the the first
0: uh, thing that the board had to do was to get organized, and the staff. Uh, has been uh, working hard to uh, help the board do that, but uh, contracts are on the verge of, of going out to, to start the work of actually developing the coordinated uh, transit plan for the 13 county region. That's one of the primary responsibilities, of the ATL, and local governments will be expected to choose their transit projects from that approved transit plan that the ATL puts together. Um, of course, there's been, um, a branding effort uh by ATL because that's also one of the the legislated mandates that there be a, an overall branding for transit in the Atlanta area and ATL has
1: responsibility for developing that I noticed that there's uh heard done down in the Capitol there's a, a bullet going working its way through through the Georgia House uh, to expand the ATL to the whole of Georgia. Is that is Well, it's
0: really not expanding the ATL. The ATL will still be limited to, the authority will be limited to the 13-county region. But the the idea of bringing more cohesiveness to transit in the rest of the state, the basic idea is going forward, uh, proposed to create an office of mobility at the state government level that would pull together uh, all the streams of funding related to transit that come from the federal government. And that includes Medicaid, uh other types of of dollars that are available for uh certain people certain uh that have mobility challenges or other kind of issues there there's a lot of of dollars that flow to the state that wind up being used for transportation uh and it's tough for people at the local level who are trying to provide transit services to manage those each program okay. has its own rules we were talking about regulation yeah. Uh, local governments are, are victims of, of <laughs> over-regulation, we would argue sometimes, too. So That's that a good,
1: good point. That. <laughs> that,
0: that's uh, one of the uh, primary respo- uh, pr- purposes of the
1: legislation that's making its way through now. One of the things that we're in the private sector, and particularly in the technology of private sector, we see this disconnect. Um, in the past... Uh, local authorities, Gwinnett County or Georgia Department of Transportation, would see companies like us as suppliers. Uh-huh. So m- transportation has been in the asset purchase ba- business for 100 years, buying yes. roads, concrete, mm-hmm. asphalt, mm-hmm. and so forth. But now, with, you know, and I'm holding up my phone again, uh, in the, with this advent of this new world, the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. cloud computing, mm-hmm. and, and so forth, we're, we're on the private sector side believe that a more appropriate approach uh, should be collaboration and partnership. Because we bring innovation, private sector capital, yes. and, so mm-hmm. a, a, and so forth, trying to do more with less. Um, any thoughts or advice for for companies and entrepreneurs about how they should tackle dealing with transportation or Gwinnett uh, as a, a local authority?
0: Right. Uh, in ter- uh, certainly Gwinnett is is open to those kind of ideas in fact uh, it's not transportation but it is innovation I mean uh, we are seeking uh, private sector partners f- uh, related to our water and sewer issues uh, we have uh, had a very active research uh, 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 program going on uh, related to the water and sewer area that uh, involves private sector as well as as uh, institution uh, uh, educational institutions with it uh, uh, one of my suggestions always is in in a in a space where it's there's not a a, uh, a path laid out in terms of how to accomplish something I always suggest the idea of pilot projects sometimes if you can convince if you can if you can point to a a project that has been a success that makes other local governments uh, more willing to uh, take take a little different approach. Uh, the procurement area in in local governments is a tricky kind of issue because we are so constrained uh, by uh, accusations that we play favorites with different companies and that sort of thing. So there's there is a built-in reticence to. Appear to be partnering with a particular company, with their, at, without there being some type of competitive process, and oftentimes that is not the best way to approach things that are innovative. Uh, it it uh, it can stifle the innovation aspect of it. So we're grappling ourselves with how we how we deal with this in the water and sewer area, and I anticipate we'll see the, some of the same kind of pressures related to technology innovation as
1: well. Yes, indeed. And so one of the things that we're doing in the private, in the pi- private sector, in the innovation sector, is advocating for moving local authorities to what we're calling outcomes-based contracting. Yes. So if you need to move people in transit, mm-hmm. let's say, think about instead of buying this and buying that and buying the other thing, try and buy the outcome that you want, which is mobility and then, and with performance level agreements and so forth, mm-hmm. and then it's up to us in the private sector to group together to say, how can we best provide mm-hmm. the mo- mobility that uh, Gwinnett needs? So that's one of the things that we we'll, you will, you'll see uh, some some advocacy from our side is to move towards this outcomes-based contracting. Sounds intriguing,
0: uh, and I, I'm not sure whether you're. You may very well be aware of this. Uh, Gwinnett County actually. Uh, is getting ready to start a demonstration project sure. on Peachtree Industrial Boulevard. Minutes. Yes, so uh, we're excited about, we obviously recognize the role that technology is going to play in transportation and, and we're excited to be talking about a 20 mile corridor as opposed to some of the smaller corridors that have previously been put in place. We, we think Peachtree Industrial Boulevard is a, a great example because it goes from 40,000 cars at the southern end mm. to maybe 15,000 cars at, uh, at the northern end. A lot of variation from, from south to north.
1: Yeah, that, that's going to be a, a great pilot mm-hmm. project, and the, we, we, we're really interested in it because it runs right past our offices. Yes, in Good- indeed. <laughs> we're yes, <on> indeed. <laughs> industrial. Charlotte, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Travel Safely, brought to you by Applied Information, the show about transportation, technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Today we've been talking about transit mobility and roadway safety with Gwinnett County Chair Charlotte Nash. Charlotte, thanks for all you do and helping to make Gwinnett County and the world a better place. Thank you, and thank you for having me on the show. It was great to have this conversation. Fantastic. Until next time, this is Brian Mulligan signing off from Business Radio X. And travel safely.